friends, I'm Adrian File. And I'm John File. And welcome to the Love the Process podcast. We've been married 14 years, 13 good ones, and we have four awesome kids. My career has centered around process improvement and leadership development. And I've been an entrepreneur since I was five and I'm currently an owner and CEO of an insurance company and real estate team. We are working to become better versions of ourselves every day. And we invite you to join us as we share our journey and the lessons we have learned in life, business, and figuring out how to love the process to becoming great. Let's go. Hello, friends. Hey, we have a guest with us today. I'm so excited to welcome and introduce my dear friend, Ashley Carbonato, who is a mama, a wife, and an author. Hey, hey. Dun, 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 dun. Ashley, would you please start by introducing yourself, giving us a little background on who you are, what you love? Yes, well, you did a good job. I'm a wife, I'm a mom, and I'm a newly self-published author, which is super exciting and a title that I wasn't sure I was gonna gonna add to my resume, but uh, I did it, I did it. And you and I go way back, so I'm super excited to be here, talk to you guys today. We're so glad to have you here. So I wanna talk a little bit about your book to start, can we? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, it's called More Than a Mom, Finding Purpose in the Everyday Monotony Without Losing Yourself or Your Sanity. Tell us about the title. Well, you know, I was a started my career in recruiting. Recruiting was what I did by trade. I was really good at it, to be honest. <laughs> I was in my lane. I was a sorority girl turned recruiter and it just capitalized on my giftings. And I thought I'd always work. I thought I would be a career mom for sure. And then I started having kids. And what do you know? Uh, my heart changed. Things things shifted a bit. And when that happened, I sat down with my husband and we kind of made the, the decision that I was going to step away from the formal working world and stay at home and kind of give these little babies some more attention. And it was great. It was for sure a heart choice. But what I didn't expect to happen was that I lost myself. Like I just was drowning in the everyday and the mundane of nap time and crumbs and spit up and schedules and just feeling like a prisoner in my own home who was just doing these really, really boring jobs all day long <laughs> with no adults to talk to. And I began kind of this unraveling of sorts of my identity because because I had been successful in my career, because I'd always had these outside achievements, um, I didn't realize that the foundation of my identity was built on that. And so when I became a mom and chose to leave the working world, that all came unglued. And I didn't have those achievements to fill my bucket anymore. And I had to kind of really come face to face with who am I and whose am I and what am I doing? What is, what is the purpose in this? And, um, so yeah, that was kind of the, the start of, of the path I figured. And I knew that I didn't want to wish away my days of being in the little years with my kids. We have three, um, three little kids and they are now five, eight and 10. Um, so I knew I didn't want to wish away those little years, but they, damn near killed me. And so I knew that I was going to have to figure out a way um, 
to find purpose without changing my circumstances. Mm-hmm. And that started with me. Yeah, that's good. So that's really what this book is about is your journey, the things that you struggled with and coming back to a place of finding purpose. Yeah. Yeah. I had, you. What is that? I had no previous child experience, <laughs> which I'm not really sure why just any old Jane can be a mom, but apparently it is no, no prerequisite other than a sperm donor, um, which I had thankfully. <laughs> and, um, so I didn't know what I was doing and nobody really talked about kind of the underbelly of motherhood and just how much of a daily choice it was and how much they needed you and how exhausted you'd be. And I had no idea about postpartum depression, anxiety. I mean, literally just things started popping up when I became a mom that I had never dealt with before. Like never once talked about dealt with nothing. So, yeah. So what was it? What was kind of the bigger ones, biggest ones for you? early on when you first had, you know, you got, and I want to talk about Brecken's golf game, by the way, later in this. So Dude, don't, he's don't dead. That sweet <laughs> swing it lefty. Um, what's, uh, I mean, what were kind of the, the big ones for you that you had to uh, kind of face? I mean, like, like I touched on my identity was, was for sure. One of them, the world, you know, we're built to praise accomplishment and achievement. And I think that's all good. Um, you know, we, we should celebrate what we're able and capable of doing, but not when you build your identity on it. And so I had to really um, figure out a way to love myself. If I was, I, use, I put just in quotes, but if I was just a mom or if I was, would I still be loved by my creator? if I was mediocre, like what did it look like to wake up and take care of kids and serve my family? If there was no trophy at the end, if there was no award or accolade or praise, because there isn't any of that in motherhood newsflash. Um, so I had to, I had to learn how to kind of get back to who God created me to be and love that girl and realize that I was still that girl even without the praise and accomplishment. And then the other one was just how lonely motherhood is and was. And, you know, your your friends change, your how to make friends changes. Um, you're surrounded by these tiny people, so you're never actually alone, but you're lonely, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. And so figuring out how to invest in my marriage and build community all had to come to the forefront. And I had to really like work at these things to battle that loneliness because there were lots and lots of days where I wanted to poke my eyes out because I was really bored and really lonely and not bored because there wasn't enough to do. There's so much freaking things to do, but it just was lonely. Like I I needed people in it and I didn't have coworkers anymore. And um, I was sad a lot because I felt like there's nothing left for me. I'm just, you know, at home, stuck with these kids. This is all there's left. I've peaked. <laughs> I've peaked at age 30. Done. <laughs> so if someone is in there right now, in those trenches of loneliness, 
trying to figure out how to appreciate their marriage and raise these littles, what do you want to say to them? What, how do you, how did you work through it? What where are the you, ways? Yeah, what are your where tips? did you start? Where did you start? Where, you know, the problem. Yeah, thanks for asking where I started because I <laughs> haven't arrived. <laughs> so, no. the nice thing is you get, you, start? Start, You're not done. you get to start. You get to start. Right. And so identity. So you mentioned, I mean, whichever ones you want to tackle, but identity, loneliness, your marriage, community, mm-hmm. kind of all four of those, you really said, man, these are upside down and I have to reinvent and, and, and retool. Where yeah. You- I mean, I, I had to figure out who I was. Um, you know, when you become a mom, when you experience a giant life change like that, when you become married, anything like that, you are a new person and um, you know, you're going to have to pivot a little bit. And so I had to figure out who I was. So I started for me, process of elimination is, um, sometimes helpful. And so instead of trying to fit me into a certain mold, like culture was telling me, Christian cultures specifically was telling me what a stay at home mom looked like. And I didn't fit any of that. Like, I'm not precious. I'm not good in the kitchen. I just have no Martha Stewart, Betty Crocker-ness to me whatsoever. Um, And so I had to be okay with that. And I had to come to terms with like, okay, I'm not that girl. No one's asking me to be that girl. It's just in my brain of what I thought I needed to be. And so I had to start eliminating. Okay, I'm not that. I'm not that. I can let that go. And then start to add in, but who am I? Okay, well, you know, I had to, I really like, I went deep. I went back to developing patterns um, or identifying patterns in my life. Like I was able to look back and see, well, I've been the captain of every sports team I've ever been on. I wonder if I'm a leader. I think I'm a leader. That's, that sort of like bubbles up as, as true to me. And um, you know, I've always been a good friend, like those, those sorts of things and figuring out who I'm not and who I am was really where I started to then kind of build back the foundation of, of my identity that wasn't based on achievement so that I could really like love who I was. And then the confidence came back and then I started to feel purposeful. And then I was able to lean into my marriage and give it what it needed. You know, I, when you're swimming upstream and you're um, just not confident in who you are or what you're doing, you're going to be a life suck to everyone around you. You're literally no good. And so that's, that's how I was. It was was kind of a dark time. It was a dark time guys. But you know, I, I went down instead of reading all the parenting books, I started just reading personal growth books. And like setting all the other titles aside to figure out me and um, Joe Saxton, she talks about in her book, Ready to Rise, um, that God first identified Eve when he made Eve um, as woman. And we go through life and we add all these other titles, mom, sister, wife, boss, you know, all of these other things we start to build our identity around that. Um, but really woman is our first identity. Like we, we, we are just us and we're loved just as we are. And so I had to really, um, yeah, face that head on and, and accept it and love it, you know? Mm. 
Beautiful. Well, I, I love, you know, this idea of process elimination. Um, you know, we, we talk quite a bit about that, actually. Uh, I think even just this week, uh, I wrote something along the lines of the power mm. of process elimination. Um, and so, so as you kind of go, you, you mentioned a couple of things that you checked off. And I think so often, I mean, if, you, you know, we're talking to anybody right now, you know, young or old alike, in this crisis, uh, you know, if we're honest with ourselves and we can get quiet with ourselves, that's what you had the courage to do. That's what I'm so excited uh, to be on this podcast with you is, is very few, very few people have the courage to, to go to the depth that you did, to have a conversation with yourself, just with yourself, left to yourself. Because as you just said, you said, I took away wife. I took away everything that uh, mom, I took away my business accolades, take it all away and be willing to just go to a place where I just have a conversation with myself and go, what am I here to do? Mm. And so I love that you, you get down to this place where it's woman and mm -hmm. you're obviously informed by your Christian faith. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, and I love that. Uh, what would you, I mean, what advice would you give somebody who, who may not be able to go straight to the love by my creator because they don't have a relationship with God or don't believe in God or believe in something else. What would you, what would you give to him or her, especially probably her um, in this scenario? I mean, I think regardless of, um, you know, where you believe you came from, whether if it was divine or not, you can recognize in yourself that you have gifts. I mean, that's, that's kind of a, a common foundation. There are things that are unique to you. And, you know, I think I being able to identify like the magic starts to unlock when you find freedom in your gifts. Um, what was the, what was the quote that I was just, I just listened to a podcast and the guy was talking about, um, how, you know, you, you can start running in the world in your own lane, like in your own gifting um, is really where things start to like flow. Like life shouldn't always feel like an upstream battle. And so by eliminating, by process of elimination, eliminating the things that you aren't good at, whether you believe they came to you from a creator or not, and figuring out what you are good at, that's a really healthy place to start living on purpose. Totally. So how do you, to that point, so how do you also reconcile, and you talked about it, this ideas that were in my brain, right? I ran into a, a couple uh, this morning at breakfast who have, we've known as their son since he was a uh, sophomore, junior in high school, played football, went to West Point, and his mm -hmm. mom, Sue, uh, I just told a story about her yesterday, so it was fun to catch up with him. And I said, how's Luke doing? And they said, we couldn't talk him out of, you know, going to the army special forces candidate school and he leaves next week. And uh, because that's who he is, like, that's just who Luke is. And so she's even antagonizing her soul to some degree as a mom, let alone, you know, your friends, your buddies, your, your fellow moms, your fellow people around you. How do you also recognize Okay, here's what my gift is. And actually, if you go to the Bible, Proverbs 18, 16 says, God will make room for your gift. Mm -hmm. right? You get in your lane and put you in the presence of great people. God will make room for your gift. So once you recognize that, how do you then also um, ignore the noise, I mm -hmm. guess, for back of, lack of a better word? Like, what is your strategies to, 
because there's a lot of even even us we've we've talked about we got to get love the process we got to get love the process you found the courage and the ability to ignore the noise sufficiently to not only have a conversation with yourself and to operate in that lane you're in you know and to grow in your marriage as you said before we got on here you're talking about we're sharing a latte now we're becoming more <laughs> compatible right and and i mean and you guys are you guys are living the dream right now together with no kids uh for today and um yeah. Mm -hmm. So, but you have to, you have to have built a proper community and, and ignore, there's a lot of people who are going to be antagonistic to maybe what your gift is. Does that make sense? Yeah. So you're asking, how did you, what were your strategies? What are your ideas? What would you how did I ignore the noise? Mm -hmm. It was hard, honestly. Um, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know if I've ever been asked this or, or given much thought to it. So I'll just riff with you, but. I mean, I think one thing that I did was I began investing in me and that, be, that came from a belief that I was worth it. Right. Um, so it, it was rooted in this foundational belief that despite the fact that um, I was a stay-at-home mom and I didn't have an income, it, I wasn't contributing financially to our family's bottom line, um, that I was still worth it. That I had these little people who needed me literally 24 seven, I was their food supply, their like sole means of survival, that it was okay for me to step away from that because I was worth it. And so I had to really like double down on my worthiness that investing in me was worth it. And then to block out the noise, dude, I don't, I don't even know when it came to writing, writing this book and getting it out into the world, there were 700,000 times where I wanted to quit. Honestly, the week before launch, I was like, I'm quitting. I quit the party. Nope, we're quitting the party. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Um, I think that that's normal and natural, right? And it's, it's the ones that persevere through the hard times. Like I just saw a chart um, about success and it's like, you know, you start a business and you you got the initial excitement about it and everyone's climbing. It's awesome. And you have a little bit of a payoff and then there's a bit of a lull, like you kind of go down to a valley and like, Oh, okay, well I've tapped out my network or, you know, business is a little bit, it wasn't as easy as in the beginning. Most people, they trail off right there. They quit. The magic comes when you stay the course. Mm. And I, I think it goes this way a little longer. Yeah. yeah okay. 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 Fine. Fine. <laughs> We're in the valley. We're plateauing down here a little longer. You're right. You're right. To be fair, this book took me three years to write. <laughs> three years. I enrolled myself in author school three years ago. I'll tell you this. I enrolled in author school three years ago online. It was a big financial commitment. And I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to do it. Not only did we have to carve out childcare, but I had to pay for the course. I'm like, I think I, think I got some words to say. And so for 10 weeks, I took this virtual course and it was with this kind of notable literary agent in my genre that a couple of people had said, hey, this is the equivalent of Martha Stewart doing a, a cooking class. Like you get to learn from one of the greats. I'm like, okay, well, here we go. So the carrot at the end of the course was she would critique your book proposal. So you, you submit your book proposal, you submit, it's called a query. And her eyes, like this expert in her field, is going to look at me, my critique. And I was like, all right, well, this is worth the cost of admission. So I'm, I'm going for it. She just 
tore it apart. Like I went through the course, I loved it. It was so great. I learned so much and I got to the very end. I submitted my, my deal to her and I was like so anxious and ready for her feedback thinking for sure this is my big break, right? Like she's going to be like, you are the next big New York Times bestseller. That was what was in my brain. Because I have kind of a similar belief to you, John, where it's like, why not me? Like, <laughs> someone's got to get chosen. Why not me? That's why I do scratch <laughs> tickets and I go to the casino. <laughs> but she just tore it to shreds and I was gutted. I was gutted. She was like, the motherhood industry is totally saturated. We don't need another mom book. Like, what's your voice? What's your angle? Basically, like, this isn't needed. You've got nothing unique or cool to say. Next. And I threw in the towel. I, like, shut it down. Close the computer. Done. I'm like, right. I tried. Didn't work. And I opened up my manuscript probably six to eight months later. And I read some things that I had written. And I was like, this is good. I think... I don't really like, am I going to be the person that quits? Like, am I going to be the one that just dives off that path? And like every other thing that I have done, because throughout my time since leaving the formal working world, I had tried different side hobbies. I had painted furniture and written a blog and, you know, done contract work, like done all these other things, but I quit them. I quit them every time because I wanted instant success. I wasn't willing to stick it out. I wasn't willing to grind it out because it felt like, because, and it, this all comes full circle because it was rooted in, I still was so rooted in that achievement mentality. Like I wanted that payoff right away. Yep. And I just stuck with it. And so I started typing again, I kept writing and I kind of like the rebel in me sort of dug my heels in a little bit. And I was like, well, thanks a lot. Rochelle. I'll show you. <laughs> yeah, I'll show you. And you guys have no idea. So I went back. So there was a Facebook group that was a part of our author school. And on September 1st, when my book launched, I posted a picture of me holding my book and I tagged her in it. And I didn't say anything negative. Nope. 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 And I didn't even say I did this in spite of you. But <laughs> I did make sure to close the loop and let her know where I was on the Amazon bestselling charts for that day <laughs> because I freaking did it. And I didn't do it in the way that she told me to. And I didn't let her criticism um, stop me. I mean, there's just, well, right. You're a sports guy, John, like Michael Jordan. I, I mean, it's like every great story, every story of greatness is constant like rejection. Oh, this is, I mean, yeah. uh, you know, this, uh, this is way more exciting of a podcast. I mean, I was excited to see Ash. I mean, I'm serious. I was. I was excited to talk to Ash, catch up. We've known each other a long time. Coach Brecken and T-Ball back in the day. We'll talk about yeah. here at some point. But, but seriously, what you're talking about here is so, so valuable to anybody listening, mm -hmm. to anybody listening, because Oprah... <laughs> They told mm -hmm. her she wasn't made for television. It, it, you know, Michael Jordan got cut from the basketball team. Walt Disney, <laughs> they were they were so close to broke it was stupid, and then Cinderella worked out, and 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 the rest is history. Like 
the fact of the matter is success, the right brothers, we go on, success always goes through this. And then you mentioned something that I believe in. And actually, I have a Love the Process book club. It's every Thursday night at seven o'clock. It's closed. So you, you might, if somebody might be able to get in, um, Adrian's like, no, they can't. It's closed. <laughs> it's closed. And, but, and it filled, <laughs> up, filled up literally in like 30 hours, which is, was Wait awesome. Wait for the next one. I mean, maybe That's another awesome. one. But we have, this, we have this book club. And so we're going through a book called uh, You Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. And, and so in that book, he talks about how he's overweight. He's 300 pounds. He's, he's, you know, spraying cockroaches, but he knows God has not made him to do this for his whole life. Like he knows it. And uh, so he's like, what's the biggest 180 I could do? I mean, to write a book and publish it in this fashion and to put it out to the world as you have is a huge statement to what you believe about you. And it's the same thing that David did. And so, but what he did, and you mentioned it too, and I believe to be true. I had a dad who left when I was young and I, I literally for 20 years at least. Now I finally went out to him and asked him for forgiveness for being closed minded, the idea we could ever have a father son relationship. And he's like, boom, that's Craig. So let's catch up. And I was 29. Jay-Z could do it. I could do it. But the fact was <clears throat> I had a chip. I had that chip on my shoulder. And, and I believe, I actually told our book club, I said, if you don't have one, make something up. <laughs> like just find something. You talked about dig my heels in. Like find something that says I'm going to get through this period. And it often does mm -hmm. come down to a chip. Mm -hmm. Even the most loving, you talk about Jesus, he had a chip. He had a, he had a, he had a reason he had a purpose and he, it became clearly evident when he went to the cross. Well, you guys talk about your why yeah. all the time. Got to know your why. Right. And, and I, you know, for me, I was, um, this was part of my process of elimination. My self-discovery path, um, was I remembered that I was voted most tenacious in high school. Totally forgot about it. Fun fact, put it in your back pocket. I remember getting the award and being really disappointed. Like, what is this word? Tenacious? Like, everybody wants best smile and best eyes and whatever. Like, tenacious? Oh. Like, yeah, that's, that was nothing. But I remembered it. And I believe it was brought to mind for a purpose. And it was to remind me of who I was created to be, to remind me that I can push through. But I think regardless of whether you were voted that in high school in your glory days or not, I think we all, if you can, if you can hone your why, that tenacity is born out of it, right? Like if your why is strong enough, you're tenacious. Anyone can be tenacious if you know why. Yeah. Right. Oh, that's so good. And so, the, you know, and man, it's so good. The purpose, the why, the mission, synonym, synonyms, whatever we use. Um, I mean, and then even utilizing a chip, if you've got something that you can utilize to give you that piece of perseverance. Cause there's going to be hard times. There's going to be haters. Tell me now. Yeah. Go so look for it them. to push yeah. you forward instead of stop you. Yeah. And sometimes, I mean, some of the, some of the, and here's what's crazy about right now about America to some degree is first of all, there's no such thing as bad press. Mm. And I put, I posted this a thousand times, maybe tens of thousands. Like, yeah, yeah, and, and I don't get one, far left person going, oh yeah, you know what, uh, you're wrong. But they don't say anything to me either. So I'm like, 
And like, they just bashing this and whoever and both sides, bashing, bashing, bashing. And I'm like, there is no such thing as bad press period send. I have put that on like 10,000 Facebook posts, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe not. Not one time has it resonated with somebody's soul. They either say, screw you <laughs> or you're right. They don't say either one. We're so, um, and so there's no such thing as bad press. And so this idea of finding purpose, I think is conceivably our path forward. Like our path forward. Like if, if my kids, your kids, the, the moms that read this book, the aspiring moms that read this book, anybody should, should read this because it's a story of resilience and tenacity, like you said. If, if they can draw purpose, then we no longer we no longer need to bash everything. We no longer, because we're finding purpose, I'm seeing it, I'm witnessing it, and I've been a part of it. So I'm not, my hands are not clean. We're finding purpose in the bashing. Mm. And, and so like, if you, what you just described, like this exercise of stripping ourselves down, eliminating the things that are antagonistic to my soul, eliminating the things that I know is not me. McConaughey, Matthew McConaughey believes in this 110%. Mm-hmm. This idea of just a process of elimination. And then go, okay, maybe this is my gift. Like, I'm going to go do this. And, and then watch what happens. Well, and once you find your purpose, then I feel like it makes it easier to not put value on people's comments, good or bad. That someone can make a comment and you have a purpose and now you can take it and take it for what it is, a comment, versus... Oh, that person doesn't like me, or that person does like me. We do, we spend so much time adding value or adding, yeah, putting value on words instead of just using the words and and continuing to pursue our purpose and not necessarily getting stuck in someone's critique that yeah. you just took, which is so awesome that you were able to take it, take the critique. It took you time, but that's took okay. Took me time. Took me a minute. Took me a minute. But then you took it and you plowed forward. And look what you have. We're on the bestseller list. This, this episode won't come out for a couple of weeks, so it'll be right. But today, where is it at? Uh, I, haven't, I haven't checked the charts today, but we're, we're hovering. We're, we're right around all of the people that have big platforms and really established authors and publishing houses backing all of their marketing efforts. And I've got a group of tenacious suburban moms. So, you know, so awesome. why not me? Why not oh, me? So Ash, let's go current. Bring us current to the Carbonado, Team Carbonado, uh, you, Blake, the kids. Give us some updates. Tell us how, how are things, I mean, you're 11 days into this book launch. School just yep. started. Everybody's remote. Our kids are remote. You guys are in the sunshine right now and we're in the smoke. Good for you. <laughs> it's actually smoky here. Our we're golf game. Yeah, Brecken, Brecken is, uh, let's see, what did he, he shot his lowest score ever this summer. Shoot, I'm going to butcher it. I want to say he shot a 102. That feel, I don't know if that feels right. I can't remember. I, that could be wrong. And my dad might listen and be like, oh, I was a 90, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> we don't golf with him. He golfs with grandpa. He's doing great outside. Um, yeah, I mean, life. Life in a pandemic, raising little kids is a real test. A real test on on everything. Um, 
we've made it through. I mean, it was a, it was a battle. And frankly, I mean, at the start of COVID, I had anxiety that I hadn't had since postpartum, like, you know, some serious, like mental health things started popping up that I was, I got real down on myself about just because I thought I was past it. Um, and I was frustrated that, you know, I still was having to deal with some of these things that, um, I thought I'd put to rest. Uh, turns out just, we're just all in process, right? Mm-hmm. Always, always. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're, we're doing it. We've got, our boys are in third and fourth grade. We're trying to manage remote learning as best we can. We want to poke our eyes out most days. It's not great for the kids to be honest, but we're doing our best. We've, you know, we're, we're trying to make the best of it. Our littlest is starting kindergarten. So I had to come part of, part of this COVID thing is like grieving what should have been. This was, um, fall 2020 was circled on my calendar for a long, long time as like my glory year. Like this is the year all three of our kids make it to full day school. And I was going to have the blessed hours of nine to four (laughs) every day to do what I wanted to do. But, you know, I think we're going to be reflecting on this year for a long time. (laughs) I'm not the only one that's lost a whole lot um, in it. So we've pivoted. We're, We're building our resilience bank as best we can. That's right. And... Yeah, we're, we're doing it. It's been a, it's been a transition for us in our marriage just, um, because I wrote this, I wrote the book from the little years when I was at home full time. And now, you know, I'm, I'm an author, alert. So I'm <laughs> working and, you know, trying to figure out what that juggle and balance looks like in our household and in our marriage of, all right, I got to work now. And we need to redivide our responsibilities and in our marriage and figure out what works best for us now. So that's been a a bit of a push and pull, but we're away this weekend. We're still, we still have held true. We had a, we set a goal a couple of years ago to do one overnight date with each other a month. Wow. And come hell or high water, even in freaking COVID we've done it. That's awesome. So how do you do it uh, <laughs> with help? We, we hire help. Um, we have babysitters that are our lifeline and always have been. Um, so that's, that's really how we do it, but we put it on the calendar too. I mean, yeah, schedule it. <laughs> if it, yeah, if it's not scheduled, it doesn't just magically happen. I mean, it's, it's a priority. We both believe that we're going to, fail as parents kind of a lot. There's really no going around that. But if we can make it out of this parenting thing with our marriage intact, really enjoying each other, then that is hopefully the best gift that we can give our kids. So that's so good. Trying to double down on that one. So good. Ashley, this has been awesome. Okay. I'm going to ask you one last question. Let's hear it. If you could share one thing that you want all of our listeners to know is true, what would it be? Creamy peanut butter is better than crunchy. Um, (laughs) John would argue that. (laughs) (laughs) Let's hit him with with, uh, the hard stuff. One thing that is true 
Yes. Oh man. That you want them either about themselves or just about the world. Yeah. I mean, I think that you matter. You matter so, so much. And whether you reach a best-selling chart on Amazon or you reach the top of your company or you love the heck out of your family or your neighbors, there's purpose in what you're doing and it matters. Like, I don't, I don't think you need to achieve great things or be super notable or in history books to matter and, um, and have purpose. I think purpose is kind of this elusive thing that we chase instead of this concept that we live into. Um, Cause I think we have breath, we have purpose. This is a total tangent, but sort of, but not really. It's <laughs> shocker. Well, it's interesting because when you, you talk about matters and I think about this black lives <laughs> matter. And, and it, I, there's this comedian out there. He's like, we're going to start the negotiation that matters, not matters more than you or less than you, but just matters. And I'm like, hey, this guy's onto something. Like civil, we just want civil rights. You know what I mean? Like not like more <laughs> rights or all the rights or screw you, but like just civil. Like, yeah. Matter. And so, but it's interesting the language you use, but matter, here's what I just, I just kind of parse it in my head because I, I do, I'm self-diagnosed with ADDDB. Okay, self-diagnosed. This we know. At some point, <laughs> maybe we'll get a confirmation. But matters. Go get a COVID test. Maybe they'll tell you. <laughs> but if you know, to, to exactly what you're saying, if you know that you matter, what you can do, and this is a cliche of sports and of life and of business and of success, you can go all in. Mm-hmm. You can go all in. And when you go all in, you win. Mm-hmm. That's what happens. Like that. Mm-hmm. Like, no, 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 that's what happens. That's how it works. So if you go on on loving your family, mm-hmm. you win. If you go on on being the best employer, you win. If you go all in on being the best father, your mother, you win. And so like when you say more than a mom, I think of like that is such a great correlation to this idea of going all in on you, mm-hmm. like going all in on you. And that the fact that that's your answer to that question um, brings it all full circle to me. Mm-hmm. You know, how do we any way we can people can reach you or we can encourage you and and this idea of you matter mm-hmm. you matter because if i know that i matter and this i mean they're burning cities all over america right now right i mean in, in, like on this exact concept this exact idea like i don't feel like i matter mm-hmm. so i'm gonna lash out because mm-hmm. i want a different reality mm-hmm. that's what's happened and, and I don't care. Even people are like, gosh, that's the reality. Ask somebody, why are you here? Because I don't think that my life matters. And so how can we deliver, I guess, in a macro or in a micro? Obviously, to our kids first, Adrian asked that because that's who we've got right captive, mm. our kids. But then like, how do we, how can we carry that message into the greater of our communities? Because I really believe that you're on to the answer. Priscilla Schreier's dad. Why can't I think of his name right this second? Doctor, gonna come to me. Whatever. He talks about. Look him up. Um, he talks about five concentric circles, where it starts. First place is it starts with you, then it goes to your family, then it goes to your community, then it goes to your church, then it goes to the government. 
I could have quoted that wrong. I'm pretty sure that's how it goes. Fact check me. Um, uh, Priscilla Schreier's dad, doctor. I don't have my phone on me. Can't look him up. Shire. No, mm -mm, she's married. Dr. Dr. Schreier, S-C-H-R-I-R-E-R. Look her up. Yeah, we'll look her up. Look him up. But um, he's like, that's how you affect change. And frankly, I don't. I don't know. I haven't arrived on where I land on the on the thought, but what I think about is maybe some of us are never meant to get to that outside circle. Maybe that's just the legacy and the domino effect that occurs when we just start with our first and our second circle. Like when we start with us and we go to family. Like maybe that ripple effect just happens. Maybe we don't ever like maybe me personally, maybe my mission doesn't ever touch government change but if i focus right where i'm at and i start with me and then my family and i go out from there that ripple effect happens yeah it's awesome that's a great that's a great articulation i mean gandhi said be the change mm. you know be the change you want to see in the world i agree and so so ask then but then what we see now too right is and I don't know how to solve this reality in the current state is when you look at you and then family, family right now statistically is really getting broken up. Like uh, in Washington state where we live, there's a study that comes out every two years. And in 2018, there was this question of kids. Do you have somebody in your life who encourages you when you do good? Mm -hmm. 4.4% of kids in Washington state, eighth through 12th grade said, no, I do not. And so, and then one of Lord. said no to the idea, I have an adult in my life that will listen to me. I can't count on one finger, an adult who will listen to an idea I have. One third. That's insanity. Yeah. That's insanity. And you want to tell me moms don't serve a purpose? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's you want to tell me family doesn't matter? Family matters. Isn't that a show? Family matters. That was a good TGIF show. That was a <laughs> good show. That could be a, a bumper sticker. <laughs> family matters. Put it on the reader board. <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it. No, I, 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 I think that... You know, our culture, we, um, we celebrate achievement, we celebrate accolades, we celebrate greatness. What if greatness looks like everyday living? What if greatness looks like showing up? And for me, loving God and loving people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. I mean, that's exactly like our premise around love the process that it's happening right now. It's not happening in the before and after picture. It's happening in the middle. And this is the part to love and enjoy. And this is where your purpose is. It's right here. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Don't go, you don't, you don't have to go searching. And I, I spent so many years searching for a purpose because I was expecting a thing to fill that bucket in the same way that praise and accomplishment and achievement had filled that bucket prior. I thought that there would be, um, you know, I, I tried it. I, I thought it would just be a thing. Like motherhood wasn't it. I was clearly doing terrible at that. Like I, it didn't 
fit the stereotype or the mold there. So I had to go find something else. But oh wait, I'm actually responsible for these kids. <laughs> can't leave them. No, nope, not even in the car while you're running to the store. Can't even leave them for <laughs> a second. So, so I had to find purpose right where I was at without changing my circumstances. And I think everybody can do that. So with the, so I always try to title these lately, title the episode as we go through the, the, the deal. And so the, the, the net one that will go right before this one's called Run the Play of Love. And, mm-hmm. and I, Adrian Kid veto me because I might be, um, I might be lacking empathy in this title. And, and, and I'm okay with that if, if that's the case. But I would love to title this Moms Matter, Family Matters, and Most of All, Love Matters. Mm. Moms matter, family matters. Moms matter, family matters. Love matters. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, it's political. It's political. Yeah. It yeah. might be. You're trying, you're trying to ruffle some feathers, Sean. I, I, <laughs> it, it, it's just this idea. You, I mean, it's the language we use matters. Oh, the language we use on ourselves. Yeah. Matters because. I started saying, um, a friend taught me it, but anytime I would talk negatively about myself, um, more in kind of a self-deprecating way, um, but ultimately like that narrative begins to take shape in your head if it's negative, she would say, don't talk to my, don't talk about my friend like that. Don't talk about my friend like that. <laughs> and I loved that. So I was like, oh, you're right. I wouldn't talk about her like that, but I can talk about myself like that. No, that's not okay. Well, and what we're seeing, like right, as language, as we look at language in, in this world, and you talked about the noise and the th- thoughts in your head and narratives that have been played, like, we do have to recognize, like, the first person to say make America great again was the governor out of Arkansas named Bill Clinton when he said he's going to run president in That's 1991. The first, person, the first person that we remember here that, that I saw, I was, I was 11 years old. And anybody go fact check and YouTube it and watch him say it as he says he's going to run for president. He's going to make America great again. He says it in that draw that he's got from Arkansas. And so the idea of taking the proper line in America with our language does matter. I mean, I mean, it really does matter in terms of moving things in the direction we might want to move. And so that's why I like that it is a relevant concept, this idea of matter. And yes, black lives matter. No question. No No question. question. And a matter of fact, I'll go even so far to say that if you, all lives don't matter until black lives matter. Yeah. Okay. So the guy's like, all lives, but you don't understand. You, you know, that real until you walk a, a mile in a guy's shoes. Um, I'm a African, you know, uh, you know, I said one day a African is going to be president. You watch and Barack still hasn't sent me the thank you card. I'm waiting on it. I called this shot for like a decade or more. And, uh, but I grew up in suburban Bothell, you know, and, and there was like three and a half African-American kids in our school. And, you know, it was kind of cool to, you know, to look a little different, but it's safe. I went to West Oakland. Now we're getting on a real tangent. I went to West Oakland and it was like, holy cow. I was visiting this young life kid down there in Berkeley. It's the eighth most deadliest place in America statistically. And I'm like, I'm, I called Adrian and said, I love you. Tell the kids I love you. I want to go see this with my own eyes. I'm a little out there sometimes because I really want to experience it there is massive disparity <laughs> between Bothell where I grew up and West Oakland 
it is a totally different world. And so how do we, how do we all appreciate, I guess, where we all come from is what you're, what you're talking about, the possibility of, and if we do that well, can we, can we also appreciate our families and the importance of those? And then can we go from there, appreciate our communities? And then you said church or fellowship, mm-hmm. the, group, the group of people that you roll with, your people. Yep. And then, and then those folks ideally uh, bring it forward to the government that should represent in America, mm-hmm. we the people. All right. That's Tony, Tony Evans. That's it, Liz. Dr. Dr. Tony Evans. Nice. I'd be remiss if I didn't quote him correctly because that really makes sense, right? Starts starts at home, starts with ourselves. Maybe we're going to shorten it to Moms Matter. I'm lobbying. I'm lobbying. <laughs> I'm lobbying to get Matter in the title. We'll Dear Lord, it all starts with a relationship. Yeah, a relationship with, with somebody. I just knew as a mom, I had to start with me. And I start with my family and I'm no good to anyone else until I get that right. Until I believe that I'm gifted and I'm here on purpose. And I've been gifted those things on purpose. Even in my current circumstances, I'm no good to anybody else. And we can't affect any sort of change until we start there. So good. Amen. Ashley, thanks for being here. How can we find you? You can find me currently in the desert. Just kidding. Um, I am on Instagram mostly at Ashley underscore Carbo. My website is designstylepurpose.com. That's usually where I'm hanging out all day, every day. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. Such a pleasure. Let's go. Mom files. Mom's matter. <laughs> Facts. Facts. Okay. You're the best. Big facts. <laughs> Love it. Right. Bye, friends. Have a fun vacation. Say hi to me. See you guys. Bye. Bye, you guys. Thanks so much for listening to the Love the Process podcast. You can find us on iTunes and Spotify. It means so much when you leave us a review and share with your friends. Bye.